0: Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Hearing in Colour with Matt Simon. Today I'm gonna be discussing, does synesthesia make you a better creative? Now the thing is, if someone has written music, uh, you don't know if they have synesthesia or not. So it's very hard to say if that does have an impact. And also, it's been with them the whole life. So it's very hard for them to detach the process from the synesthesia. So I'll talk about my own experiences first, because that's what I know best. I consider myself a good musician. Um, obviously, most people consider themselves to be good, but uh, I've studied four years at guitar college and had world-class guitar lessons, which was awesome. Um, I've developed a high level of technique on the instrument. I've studied songwriting for many years, and I've worked professionally for a while. So I would consider myself uh, pretty grounded in that. Songwriting, I've been studying since I was about 12, and I'm definitely a fair bit older than 12 now, uh, but I consider that possibly the strongest skill I have, um, because I've just studied it a long time, and I was looking at songs when I was, yeah, a kid when I was a teenager growing up, and we look at bands, see which are the most successful, which are the best, and why, and if you compare bands, um, a lot of people compare Megadeth and Metallica, I listen to a lot of heavy metal, um, or just Metallica to other bands, and say, well, is the drumming the best? No, it's not, Is the guitar playing the best? No. Is the lead playing the best? No. Is the singing the best? No. It's pretty good. But what makes them the best? And it's the songs. Then comparing that to Meghanneth, objectively better musically and um, for me, better songwriting. Um, Dave Mustaine's voice can be quite divisive, although for me I think it fits quite well with the band. But again, it's down to the songwriting and they, I don't assume have synesthesia I'll look into it but I referenced it through my synesthesia so I'd see the shapes and the colors and I'd use that to create my own methods of songwriting but objectively I still had to learn about songwriting and music theory and song structure so really that is a lot more important you need to understand the rules um, to be able to write stuff, and then later on, if you want to break them, but you still need to know what they are. Because if you say put a few notes over a different chord and say, Ah, I've done this, and they say, Oh, yeah, well, that's just that. Yeah, but what about I put these notes over this chord and go, oh, That just sounds like garbage. So you really need to know what you're doing. And I'd always been quite interested in theory, and then at guitar college, they took it to an extreme level, which was awesome. And some of it I still can't use. Uh, our teacher, the mighty Sean Baxter, told us some things, said, Look, this you won't be able to put into practice for another five or ten years, which was amazing because it meant that we could understand the concepts and then keep on learning for years and years after. And for me, it was quite interesting because I see things as colours, so I see different scales as colours. So a minor chord, for example, you can play different scales over it and it will give different feels. Um, some of those are objectively, well, objectively, subjectively darker. So if you have a Phrygian sound, this will... Give it a kind of a dark Spanish feel A natural minor sound will give it like a standard rock sound then you play a Dorian mode which will give it a softer, jazzier feel So these can be used, and lots of people describe those as different colours, or maybe softer, darker, lighter. So they're using some kind of colour language. Um, but for me, I do generally see it as different shades. But it's as a way of communicating that to people. It works very well because you, people, most people, would agree. Like, yeah, well, this sound is a little bit darker, a bit more evil, a bit more ominous than maybe this one. And that is jargon, um, but it helps just to communicate ideas quickly. Like you can say, okay, I want this minor chord, but I want you to use that kind of soft jazzy sound, use a natural six against the minor third, and someone would just say, Dory mode. It's just that. So that's a jargon, but I do see those as kind of different colours. And then when we were looking at some of the really advanced jazz theory, it was, I perceived it as like colours that I hadn't really experienced before. It was a bit more advanced and blending things. So a very basic chord progression like this, we'll have a G, D, E minor, C. It's all within the same key, there's nothing really that unusual about it. Um, so for me they were fairly basic colours and fairly fixed, a bit like blocks. Then when we were taught to use more advanced theory and changing key and using more advanced chords and scales it was less defined and a bit more nebulous which I really liked and um, I wanted to use those other colours in my writing. Um, But then whether I perceive it as colours or not doesn't really change whether it's better or not. But it did give me some new colours to work with in a sense because I perceive a basic chord progression like this as fairly standard but then something like this which changes key, it's a bit more pastel colour to me, it's less defined, it's less obvious and the key changes themselves create this new sort of colour, this new texture that's uh, just a bit more spacey, a bit less obvious and just different. So I really liked that and then when you put different scales you're combining a different colour with a different colour again. So again it gives new colors and new combinations and more subtle shades between what was already there. But this still has nothing to do with synesthesia really this is just being taught okay here's some different sounds and here's some other sounds you can combine and they'll create different combinations because as a musician you're essentially creating sounds so when you're given new sounds it's more tools to work with but there, are, I was definitely not the best musician or definitely not the best guitarist at the college so other people who didn't have synesthesia were adapting this much quicker, much easier than I did, uh, which was nothing to do with synesthesia. So it just gave me different options to work with, but also gave them different options to work with, with their already uh, excellent abilities. So there are some uh, very famous musicians who have synesthesia and some who have it who are not famous. Here's a list from Wikipedia. Okay, so we have. I'll just go to the ones that most people know. Beyoncé has sound to color. Most of these are sound to color or multiple, so meaning they perceive sounds as color. Probably days of the week as color. And if you have one, it's apparently quite common that you have more. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. Come back to that one. Uh, Mary J. Blige, Billy Irish, Eilish, Kanye West, Nikola Tesla. Now that's a very interesting one because he was an inventor, a genius, and had very spiritual perspective on things. Uh, I think I'll do a whole episode on him. Kandinsky, who's an artist. Uh, Duke Ellington, Billy Joel, Franz Liszt, all these musicians. Uh, There's a lot of musicians here, generally, um, and some artists. Ishtak Perlman, incredible violin player. Uh, Pharrell Williams, Richard Wagner, musicians. A lot of these are musicians. Um, Going back to the Marilyn Monroe one, this is quite interesting. So there's her first husband I was talking about when they were living together. He talked about the evenings when all Norma Jean, that's her birth name, served were peas and carrots. She liked the carrots. She has that displacement of the senses which others take drugs to find. So that suggests that she did have it, although it wasn't really recognised in her lifetime. She is like a lover of rock who sees vibrations when she hears sounds. So she liked the colours of the carrots and peas, obviously orange and green there, but she might have just been intuitively eating because it's recommended by a lot of people that you eat foods which are different colours because there's different nutrients and things and it could have just been healthy. If someone eats um, a very yellow diet, so you like lots of potatoes, chips, chicken nuggets, that kind of thing, it's, there's less nutrients and obviously that's more processed. Um, so that, um, I'm not entirely sure from that, but he did say that she has that displacement of the senses which others take drugs to find. So, hmm, interesting. Although um, I'm not overly familiar with her work, but it's hard to see how that would have been incorporated. So when I'm writing music, I think very much about the texture of the music and the texture and the shape of the sounds. So a clean guitar sound, which is described by a lot of people as glassy, uh, as quite clear and metallic. That is, yeah, described by other people, but then I will have different variations on that so a little bit of distortion is a bit hairy something people will also describe it as a fuzz and then chunky guitar parts so I use those and I see sort of different uh, levels of text or different levels of hair like so the clean guitar sound is very clean like a cable and then a mildly distorted one is like hairy it's got some literal fuzz like imagine like a very dirty guitar string that's growing stuff off it and then a very chunky guitar sound heavy distortion is just a solid chunk like rock or wood. So if I'm writing I could use different textures and different levels of processing on the sounds and the guitar sounds especially to create that and then with vowel sounds have different textures as well. But I also tend to not use a lot of those as well. Uh, Some guitar players especially very gear orientated, they love tweaking around with pedals and equipment and things and for me it's never held much of a hold on me. I quite like to get something that works and then just use that because when I'm on stage, I generally the last thing I want to think about is the equipment. I want to have it set that it works and then you can just focus on performing and enjoying what that is. So that might sound like a squandered opportunity to really reach into the nuance of the sounds, but I only really do that when I'm playing guitar solos because I really like to craft the sounds and make it as vocal as possible. So... Like a lot of other players, I might hit different parts of the string to make the sound a bit more sharp or rounded or a, tech, a bit more tack on the note and just shape that. So the nuance is there in your playing, um, but I'm thinking more about sort of shaping the sounds and then if I'm playing bass, again, you might want a slightly warmer sound, or rounded or a bright with a bit more tack and sharpness on it. And again, the language that a lot of people use is very similar to this, they want a warm sound, a bright sound, uh, a sharper sound. So people are, I think, intuitively using those words, but then they would need to use some language anyway to describe the difference, because, for example, this sound on the bass would be considered quite warm, and then this one would be considered quite bright. And in any professional situation, you might change that due to performance or if you're recording parts with someone else they might say okay we need this kind of thing for this or this kind of thing for that so there need to be some language uh, that people broadly understand to describe what tones are needed. I think most of the way I write I use the chords as a backdrop uh, they're kind of like the background so I use those to structure the colors and then put other colors on top with the melodies and the harmonies I'd be very interested to speak to other people who write in a similar or different way using this anesthesia, so do get in touch if that is you. I find it's a very interesting way to write music, uh, but again, it's all I've ever known. But just having that doesn't necessarily make you better, and I've definitely seen some people who are not great. I've been doing some research on the subject. YouTube! And there's um, there's a limited amount of videos on this, and quite often it's people just talking about, right, yeah, I see colours, want to hear music, and occasionally there's a performance. There was a good violin player, but I saw... I don't want to name names, but there was a guy who was demonstrating how he writes music, and he was saying that he tends to use certain notes a lot because he likes the colours, and he would arrange things spatially on a... like he was seeing a grid, and he'd put the things up, and that's how he'd write... he'd arrange the music. But then he did say that he'd had some poor feedback from clients where they'd asked them to write some music and they said a lot of these stuff's very similar because you use the same notes and things and then his response was like, Well that's the ones I like but you're writing for other people so you need to be a bit more professional and varied. And yeah, I mean just the fact that you study music like I did doesn't necessarily make you a better musician or and I'm not um knocking people who haven't formally done that or had the opportunity to do that because I grew up in a first world country and there was funding available, which would not have been available for other people in other parts of the world. I do recognise that. Um, But when people say, oh, it kind of makes me special because I use this and I see colours and I do that, I was like, well, it's great, but then what's the end result? You know, if you're a chef and you had synesthesia and you associated different colours and flavours and months of the year with all the ingredients, that'd be all well and good. But if the food you prepared was bad, it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, people don't really care. I think there's more of an impact with art because you can literally draw things you see in your mind and it's a bit more tangible what you're trying to express. But um, for musicians to say, oh yeah, I've got it, like, honestly, yeah, I think just studying music to a high level helps me more than synesthesia when I'm writing and performing music. Although, because I see things as colours and textures, if something's repetitive, I get bored quite easily. So a combination of that and liking more progressive music... I am I think maybe I'm more inclined to keep things interesting and have changes in there. So maybe that aspect helps me a bit. But then if I didn't have the tools and knowledge to express those ideas, I'd still be back at square one. So being a lighting engineer would be effectively doing a similar thing to synesthesia, and especially with sound guys, they're quite, um, not unsung heroes, but very underrated in terms of a whole performance, because if you imagine a stage show without any lights, it's going to look very flat. So the lighting engineer will have their desk and all the lights and the colours ready and they've got to somehow put together a colour palette uh, and essentially like an abstract movie that's laid on top of the performance to enhance performance and that could be anything from just a single white spotlight or a colour wash and so they've got to again look at the or listen to the music and then think well what will go with this what will go with that how does it progress Quite often, the performer will have some idea and say, "Okay, well, this one I'd like, uh, like a red wash over the screen, over the stage, and then for this song, it's a bit sad. Have maybe this color? Can you do this kind of thing?" So they'll help communicate that, or they might just say, "Like, ah, I don't know, just do something." But the lighting guy or woman has to take the sound and somehow fit color to it. Art, I feel, is much more open than music. With music, you have 12 notes, uh, or microtones, if you want to get really specific. But the then the options you have are the instruments you choose and the arrangements you make with those. Whereas art, you could do digital art. There's uh, many media, as many colours. You can do sculpture, paintings, and it could be. It's much more open. Uh, I think probably easier to be original. Obviously, people can paint what they want, but If you have synesthesia it gives you another angle on things to do like you're literally painting what you see so with abstract art especially some can be i'm not a big fan of jackson pollock i have to admit um the action paintings so he would get a huge canvas and then literally like throw paint over it have a great time like drag naked women across it and make these splodges and people oh it's really good like "Mm, is it it's just for me, I don't know if other people like it, but for me, I just think that is absolute garbage. Um, some abstract art can be great, some can be <laughs> garbage as well. But again, with any medium, like there's a lot of music out there that's rubbish. So, uh, Interestingly, Eric Clapton, uh, has a very interesting biography, he said that 95% of music, in his opinion, is garbage, which seems like quite a lot, but it does make a bit of sense when you think that you're only really going to listen to the best people in any sphere so you generally go for the top unless you maybe knew them personally which is interesting maybe the top 10 percent is worth listening to but there is a lot of garbage out there so uh, but everyone obviously gets a chance so some people have synesthesia they see colors exploding in their minds like i do when they listen to music and there's a lot of people that literally paint that and some of those are really interesting although again i think the best tend to be by artists who do have um a certain level of technique or a bit more ah uh, what's compositional skill they just generally know a bit more about art in general rather than just like oh i really like this song here's some green splotches like mm, yeah you like the song that's cool and this is what it means to you but and i can't necessarily say that it's bad but um there's sort of less skill in there um there's some people I've fallen quite a few on Instagram and some are definitely a lot more detailed and I like that because it's it gives that a clearer picture of um, what they see, literally. <laughs> but also, you can't necessarily define emotion and say, well, it's got to be this. For some people, it'll be just more of a feeling and then something quite um, abstract and blurred might more closely translate the idea that someone or the feeling someone gets from listen to music so they might get a warm glow from something that's very nostalgic to them so it could be like uh, the glow from a fireplace lots of like warm red orange yellow colours and for them that could perfectly accurately transmit the idea of how they feel when they listen to that music which does have the same value essentially as someone who goes to a lot more detail but just for me personally I like things with a bit more detail. There's quite a few artists I'm looking at on Instagram and if you're one of those um, who would like to be interviewed, uh, do get in touch I'll see what I can do. Uh, it's interesting because sometimes people will paint, okay, well here's a song that I listen to, here's the images that I see, um, but sometimes it can be just for the whole song as a whole, or some people will say like, well actually look, this is the start of the song, this is the chorus and this is a bit at the end where it gets louder and faster. So, sometimes people will do three or four pa- paintings for a single song which I like because for me a song can it can be quite a whole thing but I like things a bit more progressive and it does feel a bit different in different parts of the song otherwise it's very boring. All right I thought I'd spread the love and give a shout out to some of the Instagram artists I've been checking out. So the first one is Musymu and that's spelt M-U-S-E-Y-M-I-U. Now These are particularly interesting to me because this is very similar to how I see the music. Um, She's got some cool videos up where she's doing uh, a draw-through, so to speak, and always starts on a black background, like I do, and then the sounds come in as different colours. And they're arranged spatially as well, so sometimes she sees, okay, the piano is over here and it's this colour and this shape, and the other instruments come in like this, and here's the voice. There's a Taylor Swift one, and for her, interestingly, the vocals from Taylor Swift are an ivory color and I wonder if that's because she has quite pale skin and blonde hair so if you combine those that's maybe an ivory although um, the Beyonce one she's more like a yellow fountain Um, and that's very differently to how I perceive it because uh, for me Beyonce's got quite a piercing uh, real definition on her voice amazing singer Um, but yeah the general way she sees that things is quite similar to the way I see things so that is very interesting Okay next up is an interesting one from Australia, this is Senna Zen Art, so S-E-N-N-A-Z-E-N underscore art. Uh, this got some really interesting stuff here, very very colourful, and clearly coming from a very spiritual point of view. I'm looking at one here called Break My Heart, and it's um, abstract, lots of colour, as a naked woman and colours just bursting out from the chest. So it, traditionally, nudity can mean vulnerability, but it can also mean truth, as in nothing to hide. That's really cool. There's one where it looks like someone's flipping off a galaxy. Excellent. Uh, there's one which presumably is done for Valentine's Day, and it's a rose, which is a green stem and a blue rose, uh, which looks like it's glowing with some great colours in the background. Uh, fun spirit fact blue roses exist in other dimensions. Uh, they also exist in this one as well, <laughs> although I think they're dyed to get that colour. Uh, there's another one here which is sacral chakra element water. Uh, normally, the shac- sacral chakra, the second one, is associated with creativity and is referred to as orange, but apparently, the element, and I did Google this, is water. Uh, so, this is a really cool blue one, and you can see the, the swirl, it's like a clockwise motion of the water. Uh, the energy, which I really like that one. There's lots of excellent stuff here. Just scrolling through the Instagram, and yeah, definitely very spiritual. And looks like she's drawing auras and energies. Really cool one here. This is three pictures. Uh, it's divided into three, so they're at different heights, which is cool. At a diagonal going up. So the bottom one is someone stepping onto a staircase. Looks like a stairway to heaven. And at the top, opening up to what I would assume is spiritual enlightenment. It's called follow your calling. So uh, really connecting with energy to the top there and vibrating at your highest frequency. Excellent stuff. Okay, following on from that, we have Carolina Kimmelman. So that's Carolina with a K underscore K-I-M-M-E-L-M-A-N-N. So description here. Artist. welcome to my visionary abstracts. Uh, she's based in England, same as me. Uh, these are really interesting, they're abstract but they're not just splodges of colour, um, there's details in there but it's not completely clear and I like that, um, it's really describing the emotions of what's going on here but with enough detail that you can see clearly what's going on. What I don't like is when some artists just have just random splodges of colour and then say oh what does it mean to you? Like, Which is very lazy communication, whereas this, you can get it, I really like this. Uh, there's one here called temperature, one of the recent ones Oh, 2008 uh, 2018, but one of the latest to be updated. Uh, basically looks like a forest fire. there's uh, lots of red smoke and burnt trees it looks like um, and that really really conveys the idea of temperature and there's are they called motes the little um lights when things burn. There's a few of those and I can feel the movement and the heat. Um, I really really like that one. There's one called Strolling from 2016. Uh, says, I once had the pleasure of living in a wonderful cottage surrounded by the most beautiful woodland. I would delve into the woods every chance I had. This is one of a series of paintings from that time. Um, this, yeah, it definitely looks like a forest. Um, there's lots of dark um, browns for the trees and then a central area of like light green, like a clearing in the forest. and with some flowers at the bottom. Um, really, I can feel the vibe on that. Really like that one. Another one here called much on my mind. Uh, This is a very dark orange picture and you clearly see a face with lots of things swirling around. And I really like this one because um, overthinking and being quite stressed out. So if you're looking at that from an energy point of view, your aura would have a lot of um, energy swirling around and dark stress colours like red. And this is a lot of red and orange. And even (laughs) the eyes look a bit stressed. Um, Excellent. Really excellent that one there's another one here called War Finally Over and this yeah this really hit me it's um, there's lots of red orange yellow fleshy colours and there's some white and blue in there Um, it really just gets across that feeling of uh, it looks a bit like a battlefield in abstract form like lots of corpses and blood but also um, when a war is finished uh, I guess not just a battle there's so much destruction in terms of yeah people died and then emotionally like Whole countries are scarred and infrastructures ripped apart. So, this uh, really conveyed that. I thought it's um, very well done. And a final one called "Ghosts Around the Campfire." This is really interesting. There is a dark circle in the bottom. On the bottom right, there's some orangey red colours, and then the the ghosts are these blue, white, purple streaks. Um, and, yeah, this made me think as like, why would ghosts be around a campfire? Because the the fam- campfire is very warm color. The ghosts are very pale, very co- classic cold colors there. But who are the ghosts? Are they ancestors there, or is the the campfire you'd normally huddle around that for warmth? And the ghosts are very cold colors around, like people using the fire for protection, or um, is there a connection to the ghosts? So yeah, this is a really interesting one. Like, really made me think. Really like that. I don't know if she has synesthesia, but she's painting the emotions very well. I really like that. Really, The colours really come across. Excellent colour choice. And finally, a very interesting one for me, uh, Mark Gibbs Art. So, M-A-R-K G-I-B-B-S-A-R-T. Uh, he's a visual artist based in Brisbane, in Australia. These are... i okay, just scrolling through Instagram. Um, these, I really like these. There's detail. Uh, they're really nicely done, but the colours really Get that vibe across. The first ones have been uploaded. Uh, it looked like impressionist pictures, um, but very pastel colours. There's scenes from I think it's somewhere he used to live. Uh, so somewhere rural. There's trees, um, some sort of meadows and forests. Uh, really nicely done there. And then those spring colours, pastel greens, blues and yellows. And then the next ones looks more autumnal, very orange and red And I guess a lot of Australia. Is, uh quite deserty around there. Uh, the next ones, these are a bit more Dali-esque to me. Uh, lots of space in the desert and there's people standing on columns. Some really cool stuff. There's um, a painting called The Boundary which uh, says, inspired by the surreal world of quantum physics, you might recognize a figure in the uniform of a Swiss guard from the Vatican. This is a tongue-in-cheek reference to the church guarding their immutable understanding of the version of the facts about reality. Yeah. Uh, clearly a thinker this guy, very interesting. And then he's got another one which is based around string theory. It looks like cubes in water and there's fires uh, burning on top of the cubes inspired by the surreal world of quantum mechanics. Yeah, I mean quantum mechanics you're looking at the fabric of reality and everything's um, quite counterintuitive. there. You can things are affected by whether you're looking or thinking about them which is very weird. And the latest ones he's done are based on music. And he says he definitely does have synesthesia. So there's one. I Also, he's done this really well. He's uploaded the pictures on his Instagram feed in a way that they form the big picture as well as one of the details. So there's one here which is uh, the Queen of Sh- arrival of the Queen of Sheba, which you'll recognise if you hear the music. Um, beautiful pastel colours here, like peach, gold, turquoise, white. And those colours to me uh, give the impression of like a very um, classy cultural, but also um, a bit like a Greek temple. And people are things are very clean and nice, um, like goddesses and like jewels and things. That's what that um, says to me. But also, Arrival of the Queen of Sheba is often used as wedding music. There's another one here. This, again, looks a little bit um, steampunk as well. Looks like there's some uh, metal objects, some pipes or some structures, uh, a doorway. Really, really interesting to look at. I mean, it's abstract art, but it's detailed, and there's um, there's some really cool stuff in there. This painting is his impressions of Ravel's Bolero, and you'd recognise the music if you heard it. It was used by and Dean. I think it was 1984, when they won their perfect ice skating performance and it has an ostinato which means obstinate which is a repeated rhythm so there is quite a lot of structure in the music and there appears to be a bit more structure and straight lines in this one as well, that's very interesting the latest one he's done is Mozart's Piano Concerto number 21 Um, again gorgeous colours here again with uh, turquoise, gold, peach and some pastel colours this one hard to describe, Um, on the right it looks like something that's could be a horse or furniture there's some sort of curved wood shape looks like um, an egg or a flower on the bottom there's looks like a hairbrush shape or a spoon with some flowers or shells coming out in the middle with some clouds underneath and then some pastel colors looks like little candies Um, it's really really interesting Um, I mean you could look at this for quite some time it's this is really interesting like even if you don't appreciate abstract art or synesthesia this it's just some really interesting art and it's very well done so um excellent work there mark thanks for listening you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube and do let us know what you think cheers would you like to earn money with no effort at all simply by having your phone on the data is being sold around the world anyway and the paper app helps me take a cut link in the show notes